Chapter 15 of The Later Life by Louis Couperus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isn't she coming? asked Adolphine, with a sidelong glance at the door. It was Sunday evening at Samar van Lewis, and it was after half past nine. It had been like that every Sunday evening since Constance returned from Nice. The sidelong, almost anxious look towards the door, the almost anxious question, Is she coming? I shouldn't be surprised if she did tonight, said Florcher. If so, she's coming late so as not to stay long. Mother and daughter were sitting at the bridge table with Uncle Roivener and Yap, and the cards fell slackly one upon the other uninterestingly, with a dull flop, and Florcher gathered in the tricks mechanically, silently and greedily. "'What a frump Cato looks tonight,' said Adolphine, with a furtive glance at the second card table. "'Like a washerwoman in satin,' said Florcher. "'I say,' said Uncle Roivener, burning to say something spiteful. He was losing, couldn't get a hand, kept throwing his low cards furiously, one after the other, on Florcher's fat trumps. "'I say, it's high time Bertha interfered.' "'Why, what are you talking about?' "'What am I talking about? "'What everybody's talking about, "'that Marianne is running after van der Velke "'in the most barefaced fashion.' "'Aunt Bertha had better be very careful "'with such a rotten cad as Uncle van der Velke,' Florcher opined. I passed them the other evening on the coning in Gracht, said Jaap. And what were they doing? How were they walking? They had hold of each other. How? Well, he had his arm around her waist. Did you see it? Did I see it? And he kept spooning her all the time. And Bertha, said Adolphine, who just acts as if she saw nothing. Good heavens! What a frump Cato looks tonight. She doesn't seem to be coming, does she? No, she doesn't seem to be coming now. How does Mamma take it, her staying away? Mamma seems to get on without her, answered Uncle Roivener. Mamma can't really be fond of her. Or else Granny would insist on her coming, said Florcher. It's much quieter now that she's staying away. Well, I don't mind a bit of a kick-up, said Yap. Have you had today's Dvarskaiger yap? Yes, but they've stopped putting in anything about us. It's really a piece of cheek on her part not to come any more on Sundays and to go rushing off to Nice. And not even arranged to be back on New Year's Eve. Yes, and then we hear about longing for the family. And even on New Year's Eve. She takes good care to keep away. Yes, said Adolphine sentimentally. On New Year's Eve we ought all to be here. Just so, said Uncle Roivener. I agree. Then, if you've had a quarrel, you make it up again. And start quarrelling again with renewed courage on the 1st of January, grinned Yap. But, I've always said so. What Constance has not got is a heart, Adolphine continued pathetically. Do you know what I think? said Florcher, sinking her voice. What? That she encourages Marianne. What for? Well, deliberately. But what for? Why, to be free of her husband. Of van der Velke? Yes. 
to get rid of him? Of course, he's young, and she's old, said Florcher, not sparing her mother, who was only four years younger than Constance. But do you believe? said Uncle, nodding his head. Oh, no, I don't say that. But still, I expect it's only just spooning, as Yap says. I don't think, said Yap, with a knowing grin. Behave yourself, Yap, said Adolphine, angry because Florcher had used the word old. Rats, said Yap, rudely, shrugging his shoulders, as much as to say that Mamma was an idiot. I'll eat my hat if it's only spooning. They looked at one another, Uncle Adolphine and Florcher. You mustn't speak like that, said Adolphine in a tone of reprimand, when you don't know. And what does Florcher know? And what do you know? And you are both just as bad as I am with your insinuations. Only I say what you and Florcher think. He flung down his cards and left his seat, because he couldn't stand being treated like a little boy who didn't know things. The three others went on talking about Marianne and van der Velke, because they saw, but they saw nothing of Browse and Constance, and did not talk about them. "'Oh, dear,' whined Cato, "'what a frump Aunt Adolphine looks tonight!' She was sitting at the bridge-table with Aunt Roivener, Tutti, and Edward van der Aven, and looked over her ample bust at each card as she played it, very carefully, putting it down with her fat, stumpy fingers, the incarnation of unctuous caution. "'Tonight?' asked Edward. "'Oh, so often! Such a frump!' declared Cato emphatically. "'So dowdy! She's your husband's sister after all!' said Aunt Roivener quietly. Yes, auntie, I know, but Carl is always a gentleman. And Aunt Adolphine never, replied Van Raven to provoke her. There was no love lost between aunt and nephew, and Cateau said meekly, Well, I'm not saying it to say anything unkind about Adolphine, but Van Raven, how ill Emma Leach is looking, so tired, are you two all right together? Say, half right, said Van Raven, echoing her emphasis. Tutti tittered behind her cards, and Auntie said, Ayo, Edward, you, attend to the game, your lead. Cato was no match for Van Raven at laconic repartee, and so she preferred to go on talking about Constance, and said, Is she never coming to Mother's Sundays again? "'Ah, I expect she's been frightened away.' "'By you?' asked Edward, gleefully capturing Cato's knave of trumps. "'No, by the old aunts. "'It was really very tactless of the two old aunts. "'Isn't it awful about Marianne and van der Velke?' Karel van Satsuma and Dijkerhoff were playing three-handed bridge at the third table. They had begun in grim silence, each of them eager to play the dummy, and inwardly Carol thought his sister Adolphine dowdy, Van Satsuma thought his sister-in-law Cato dowdy, while Dijkerhoff thought both his aunts were very dowdy, hardly presentable. All three, however, kept their thoughts locked up in the innermost recesses of their souls, so that outwardly they were playing very seriously, 
their eyes fixed greedily and attentively on the dummy's exposed cards. Suddenly, however, Carol said, I say. Well, asked Van Satsuma, isn't it Kaddish of Van der Velke? What, compromising Marianne? Ah, those girls of Aunt Bertha's, said Dykerhoff with a grin. What do you mean? asked his father-in-law. Well, Louise is in love with her brother Otto, Emily with her brother Henry, and now Marianne, by way of variety, goes falling in love with her uncle. They're crazy, all that's Van Nagel lot, said Carol, who felt particularly fit and well that evening, puffing luxuriously after a substantial dinner. I say, what about Constance? Isn't she coming any more? It doesn't look like it. Isn't Aunt Constance coming any more? No, it doesn't look like it. Father, it's my turn to take dummy. Yes, Satsuma, it's Dykerhoff's turn. Father-in-law and son-in-law exchanged seats. The old aunts were sitting in a corner near the door of the conservatory. Rina! Yes, Tina! She doesn't seem to be coming any more on Sundays. No, Tina, she doesn't come on Sundays now. A good thing, too, Tina yelled into Rina's ear. Mama van Lua, smiling sadly, moved from table to table with Doreen, asking the children if they wouldn't like something to drink. Translator's Note Ayo, come on, now then. End of chapter 15